Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, Simon Peter was married. I'm not sure what his wife thought when he came home one day and told her he was quitting his job to follow Jesus of Nazareth and become a fisher of men. Not much money in that. I guess Jesus coming to their home and healing her mother helped smooth things over a bit. But Peter wasn't home much after that. In fact, they left the very next day. Before that, if Peter's house was where they were staying, it was quite the day. The whole city, Mark tells us, was gathered at the door of their house that evening. As soon as the Sabbath had passed and the evening had come, they came out in droves. No social distancing in Capernaum that day. It was shoulder to shoulder at Peter's house with the sick and demon-possessed. All kinds of people, all kinds of diseases, all wanting to see Jesus, all wanting to be healed. And Jesus healed them all. One by one, well into the evening, I'm sure. And then, after a busy night and not much sleep, Jesus rises very early in the morning, Mark tells us, while it was still dark, to go pray. It must have been very important to him to talk to his father. A good lesson for us. But when Peter and the others found him, Jesus says, time to go. No long goodbyes, no more healings in Capernaum. It's time to go to the next towns. That's why Jesus came out. And off they go. Which at first seems terribly unfair to the folks at Capernaum. Those who didn't get in to see Jesus the night before and showed up early the next morning. But Jesus was already gone. Why some and not others? Why them and not us? Well, Jesus himself provides us with the answer. For when Peter and the others find him, he says to them, Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Notice what Jesus didn't say. That I may heal there. That I may cast out demons there. He says only that I may preach there. And with that, we get an insight into Jesus. And why he did what he did. He was preaching. He preached with his words, yes, but not only that. His healing was really preaching. His cleansing lepers was really preaching. His casting out demons was really preaching. That's why he didn't let the demons speak. They weren't authorized to preach. He was. So when Jesus says, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, it's not that he's not going to heal folks there also. He will. He does. But to Jesus, 
healing and cleansing and casting out demons is preaching. Preaching who he is and what he has come to do. The miracles, though, get all the press. They get all the attention. Those are the stories that we like and that we want still today. Healing from our sicknesses, solutions to our problems, providing what we need. And we pray for those things all the time, right? And it's not wrong to pray for those things. We should. And Jesus wants us to. Those are good prayers. He wants us, like those people in Capernaum that day, to come to him with our sicknesses and demons. But have you ever prayed for preaching? That when you came to church today, the law would really cut you open and expose your sin. So that you could leave with forgiveness so bountiful and free that you couldn't wait to go out and forgive others. Maybe you have prayed for that. If you have, you're a better Christian than me. But that's really what Jesus is all about. He didn't come to be a healer. He didn't come to just cast out demons. He didn't come to just provide us with temporary relief from the trials of life. He came to overcome much worse than these. He came to overcome sin for us. And by overcoming sin, also overthrow death and the grave. So we could have a life that is eternal. As it was meant to be. Because all those people he healed were just going to get sick again. Someday, some way, and they would die. And what then? Without preaching, all we have are memories. Without preaching, all we have are regrets. Without preaching, all we can do is try to celebrate a life now ended while sorrowing and grieving a loss we can't undo. But with preaching, we have hope that our loss can be undone, that our life is not ended of forgiveness for our regrets and of memories still to come. Because preaching, true preaching, Christian preaching, Jesus preaching, gives us all that. That's why Jesus preaches, that we may know that God is here to save, to save us who cannot save ourselves. We keep trying, though, (laughs) to save ourselves. We're going to save ourselves with masks and social distancing and washing our hands and vaccines. We're going to save ourselves by saving our planet, by going to all electric cars, by science and medical technology making us live longer than ever. We're going to save ourselves by colonizing Mars so that if we can't save this planet, we have some place to go. There's nothing wrong with those things. It's okay to do those things. It's even good. We should take care of one another. We should care for the creation God gave us and we should explore it. 
But those things aren't going to save us. They can't. For all those things, assume that our problem is man-made. And so the solution will be man-made. That's not true. Our problem is death. Death that doesn't just happen, but that is the punishment of sinners for their sin. And there's only one who can get us out of that. And Jesus came to do just that. Consider the words of Isaiah, the prophet that we heard today. First, he says, God is so great, so vast over all creation that we're like grasshoppers to him. Actually, I think that's a little generous. Cockroaches would probably be better. So filthy and sinful. Or gnats or fleas, little and irritating. Even the people that the world thinks are are great, like princes and rulers, maybe today we would say sports stars and celebrities. They just are going to die and get blown away like stubble, like tumbleweeds. God created the stars in the heavens and calls them by name and brings them out and keeps them all there. And maybe Isaiah says, it seems compared to all that, we're so little. So insignificant that our way is hidden from the Lord and our right disregarded. We really don't matter. But then Isaiah says, wait. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Heard preaching. You do matter. Your way is not hidden and God does regard you. Even you, little you, sinful you. For your God, this great and awesome and powerful God, comes to give power to the faint and strength to the weary. And not just for this life, for here and now, with healing and strength just for a little while. But even when you fall exhausted into death, there is still hope for those who wait for the Lord. You shall be renewed. You shall rise up to a life no longer burdened and affected by sin. A life that will never end. And your great and awesome and powerful God did all that by becoming little and weak like you. Born a baby and laid in a manger. Your great and awesome and powerful God did all that by being condemned with your sin and dying like you, crucified and laid in a tomb. Your great and awesome and powerful God did all that by then rising up from death to a life that can no longer be burdened and affected by sin, overcoming that for you. He didn't need it. He already had it, but you didn't. So this God, this everlasting, the creator did that for you. How about that, Isaiah says. And at Peter's house that day and throughout all Galilee, Jesus preached that. 
that God, Isaiah's God, was here to save us. Jesus preached that. His miracles preached that. And his resurrection preached that. And then the apostles preached that. And most of them were martyred for that preaching. But death could not take the life that Christ had given them. So their martyrdom preached too. Of this confidence and joy we have even when faced with death. That confidence and joy, as we heard, caused Paul to become all things to all people. Because Jesus became one thing for all people, our Savior. So Paul compares this life to an athletic contest. Look, look, he says, that all the people do just to win a prize that's just going to wind up in a box somewhere. Or fame that just fades away. The discipline, the hardships, the dedication, the sacrifices they endure. Yet the prize waiting for us, won for us by Christ, is eternal. So don't give that up, he says, for something here and now that is just going to be blown away by the wind or dried up in the sun or forgotten by all. That really doesn't make much sense, does it? And yet, when you look at your life, what are you fighting for, vying for? Well, the life, the renewal, the resurrection you need is here for you. For the Jesus who went throughout all the towns of Galilee has come to this town as well, preaching, preaching with his word, preaching with the water of baptism, and now preaching with his body and blood. That your God and his forgiveness and life are here for you. This is why he came. You are why he came. That no fever, no virus, no demon, no illness, and not even death will have the final word. He will. And that word will be arise. And you will. All weakness and illness gone, your sin gone, your death gone, and only life left standing. Now, did the folks in Capernaum that day understand all that when they came back the next morning and Jesus wasn't there? I'm sure not. But they would. When the tomb was empty... And the apostles preached the resurrection. Demons are bad, but hell is worse. Sickness is bad, but death is worse. Problems are bad, but condemnation is worse. And all that worse is what Jesus has overcome. For them, and for you, and for all people. And so now the church today preaches that. Not preaching how to have a better life or how to be a good person, but preaching Jesus. For if you have Jesus and his life, the rest will come. So come and receive his body and blood. 
The demons don't want anything to do with this. It is the strength you need. The forgiveness of your sin. And as the ancients called it, the medicine of immortality. Then go into your towns and villages, your homes and communities, wherever you are sent, and live in this confidence and joy. Let your friends and family and neighbors see and hear the hope we have. And that they can have too. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. 